Hello, everyone, and welcome back to 2MS, a podcast created by and run by the SAC. So my name is Will, and I use the pronouns he, him, and his. I'm in my third year here at the university studying in honors in philosophy as well as computer science, and I'm super excited to be here hosting this show with Olivia, my co-host. So hi, everyone. I'm Olivia. I'm in my third year studying art history and psychology. Uh, Will and I are delighted to be your moderators for this podcast episode with Professor Santa J. Ono, the current president and vice chancellor of the University of British Columbia. And before we get into the bulk of our conversation with Santa, I'd like to briefly begin by acknowledging that UBC's Vancouver Point Grey campus is situated on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of the Musqueam people. And the UBC Okanagan campus is situated in the territory of the Salix Okanagan Nation and their peoples. I'd also like to acknowledge that you guys are joining us from many different places near and far and acknowledge the traditional owners and caretakers of those lands as well. If you don't know on whose land you're currently sitting and you'd like to find out, I recommend going to www.native-land.ca. It's a great place to find out more about where you're currently located. We've seen a rise in racism towards Indigenous, Black, and people of color in communities around the world, and as it is important to acknowledge the systemic barriers marginalized groups continue to experience. We encourage everyone participating today to join the UBC community in reflecting on what actions we can take both individually and together to promote diversity, equity, and inclusion in our daily lives. As the host for the SAC podcast, Tum Est, Will and I regularly engage in conversations with members of the UBC community around topics like student life. Today, we are lucky to welcome our guest, Professor Santa J. Ono. We'll be answering questions sent in by current UBC students. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Professor Santa Ono and thank him for taking the time to be with us today. So let's get started. Thanks for having me, everybody. Awesome. Thank you so much, Professor Ono. So let's get started. Our first question actually is submitted by a UBC student uh, about getting to know you and your role at UBC a little bit better. Um, so what does being president and vice chancellor of UBC involve right now? And what might a day in your life actually look like in the virtual space? Well, it's a very varied role. Um, first of all, it's an honor and privilege to serve an institution like uh, UBC. Um, and um, the uh, responsibilities range from internal responsibilities to external responsibilities. Internally, um, I'm responsible for building uh, a set of leaders that, that uh, are both at the faculty level. So uh, dean's appointments are managed initially by provost, but it, eventually they come to me and I have to make a recommendation to the board of governors as to who should be the dean of your faculty. So I get involved in, in, in uh, selecting leaders uh, that you interface with and shape your educational experiences within your faculties. Um, I also am responsible for building out what's called the uh, senior management team or the executive. So all the vice presidents of the universities are recruited by me and selected by me and recommended to the board of governors. So part of it has to do with building the leadership team that, that essentially uh, helps to run the institution, both at the faculty level and at the university level. And that's both on the Vancouver campus uh, and the Okanagan uh, campus. Uh, beyond that, I have a responsibility through the University Act to work with the team to develop the budget uh, for the institution. And you probably know that that now exceeds $3 billion uh, a year. Um, and so we go through a process with the Board of Governors and uh, in talking uh, with uh, other stakeholders to develop the university budget on an annual basis. Um, that's quite a significant responsibility because as you know, we receive funding from students um, in terms of 
uh, tuition, but we also um, receive funding from the provincial government and the federal government. So we have quite a responsibility to interact with stakeholders uh, as we develop that uh, budget. Uh, we also, um, as president and vice chancellor, have a responsibility to interact with all of those levels of government, uh, with alumni of the university and alumni uh, UBC is really central to the Student Alumni Council, of which I'm incredibly proud. And so those are some of the responsibilities. And the day is pretty much split up um, so that there are opportunities for me to interact with faculty, staff, and students, leaders across the institution, as well as government officials and uh, uh, individuals who support the university in different ways. So that's pretty much a, a typical day as president of UBC. For sure. So while, while you're doing many different tasks than us, you're probably hopping between Zoom meetings, just like us in a lot of ways. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, I can't wait till we're, we're beyond the pandemic and we're no longer Zooming, uh, but it's, it's how we function in, in this uh, situation. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'll pass it off to Olivia for the next question. Yeah. Um, so our next question is actually about mental health, a topic that we know you are passionate about. Um, many students and faculty are struggling with online classes and social isolation with the current COVID-19 restrictions. So we wanted to ask how you stay motivated and also practice self-care during these challenging times. It's a great question. The first thing I'd say is that um, we're all cognizant of the impact of this pandemic on the mental wellness of faculty, students, and, and, and staff. Um, we're particularly um, thinking about the wellness uh, of students because uh, we know the students are all over the place. They're not all here in BC. Some of them are uh, in, in, in their native countries. And that we know that there's uh, quite a bit of stress that results from um, asynchronous and synchronous uh, instruction that things are not seamless, uh, especially uh, in, in the first term uh, during the pandemic. The, the shift that the institution had to make was pretty abrupt. And um, many uh, faculty members and staff members had to work uh, overtime to transition curriculum from what was supposed to be face-to-face -to, -face to, to remote. So there's a lot of stress on the faculty and staff, a lot of stress on the students. And um, it's something which is not only a concern for myself and the Board of Governors and uh, the uh, leadership of an institution, but it's also a, a concern for the provincial government. And so, um, you know, in terms of your question about myself, um, you probably know that uh, one of the ways that I deal with it is uh, that I like to listen to music, I like to play music, and I encourage uh, all, all students, faculty and staff to find things that can, um, you know, bring them away from, from Zoom and uh, um, to, to, to the extent that's possible, not only to engage in, in arts uh, and music, but also to, um, to if, if at all possible, exercise and get outside. I walk my dog. And um, so those are things that I think are, are really, really important uh, as we deal with this unusual, unusual circumstance of, of being, um, you know, pretty much confined uh, to our own spaces when uh, physical distancing guidelines and public health guidelines really um, impair our ability to interact with each other socially. So really taking care of yourself, eating right, and um, engaging in hobbies and going outside where, when you can. Those are all incredibly important for, I think, my, my mental uh, wellness as well as those of everybody in the UBC community. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I always love seeing the music that you post on your Instagram feed. It always comes up and it's always uh, a little light in my day. So I hope that that can be true for other people as well. 
and anyone who's a musician or if you dance, uh, please send us those videos because I prefer to highlight other people. And the only time they put my music in is when we don't have other materials. So we'd like to encourage everybody to please send in information uh, to us, videos to us, and we'd love to share it. It's good to know. Okay, Will, for the next question. For sure. Thank you for those really wonderful answers. If I could play a musical instrument better, I would 100% send in my music as well. It doesn't have to be an instrument you can sing. That would be fine. I can give it my best. I'll give it my best go. <laughs> okay. But uh, now with that done, let's move on to some more questions submitted by some other students as well about some issues they might actually be facing at the university. Um, sure. So one of the main student concerns right now um, is obviously COVID-19. And in a challenging and restrictive situation like the COVID-19 pandemic, there are unfortunately both rule followers and rule breakers. And this is something that a lot of students have actually noticed on campus. Um, what message do you have for students who are currently actually abiding by COVID-19 guidelines, but might be a little bit discouraged by the fact that other students who may not be? Yeah, well, first of all, my message to the students who are abiding is thank you very much. It's, it's incredibly important. You hear from me on a weekly basis about the importance of uh, following public health guidelines. So first of all, thank you for doing that. And I know that many of you are actually talking to uh, your fellow classmates who are not abiding by those guidelines, and, um, and I appreciate you doing so. Um, it's not an easy thing to do. We're not asking you to police your fellow classmate. That's really not uh, your responsibility. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's important for us to know when uh, things, uh, public health guidelines and university guidelines are not being uh, followed. Um, it's our responsibility to, uh, to um, enforce that, if you will. Um, you, you probably have heard that there have been cases uh, where um, the RCMP have come in on their own accord because they're operating on this campus. And um, as, as you probably know, there have been consequences for those rules being broken. And it's for a good reason. Nobody uh, really wants to um, punish uh, students. It's, it's, it's not an a, a, a easy time to be a student. Um, I think the RCMP understands that. Um, and so um, the, the important thing to say is that the reason why they're doing that is because there are laws uh, that are being broken. The, the public health uh, is at stake. Um, people are dying. Um, and so I, I hope that everybody understands that the, the, the reason why there are regulations at the university level, and the reason why the RCMP uh, has come in, in in some circumstances is really for the best interests of everyone, including the members of the UBC community. So my message is uh, thank you. Um, I know it's difficult. This is not a situation that we've all signed up for. Um, it's not ideal, um, I, but we've got to stick together. Uh, we have to be supportive of each other. Um, the light I think is at the, at the end of the tunnel. You can see that the vaccines are coming online. We heard earlier today that um, the delivery of vaccines might accelerate in the next uh, several months. So instead of looking at uh, the end of September, uh, we might be able to vaccinate uh, British Columbians much sooner than that. Everyone is working really hard, so um, hang in there. Um, it's, it's not fun uh, to be physically distanced. It's not fun not to be able to hang out with your friends, but uh, it's really for the best interest of everyone. Absolutely, thank you for that answer. You know. I would love to be conducting this interview with you in person and be able to shake your hand and stuff like that. But obviously, you know, that's not something we can unfortunately do, but you know, 
knowing and seeing my friends as well, you know, do the social distancing thing. It's, it, it is hard, but, you know, we appreciate every student who's doing the same thing. And we appreciate those words from you and that, you know, you and other people um, in the government are working hard to, to try and accelerate this vaccine and get everybody back in person as soon as possible. So we really do appreciate your hard work. The sooner we, we get there, the sooner we can get back to normal. And it really depends upon everyone uh, really abiding by these guidelines. Exactly. The more we can do right now, the less we'll have to do, you know, six months from now, if we're still in the pandemic. But Absolutely. on that note, I'll pass it off to Olivia. Yeah, so the next question is sort of building off of that. Um, we were wondering what your goals were for eventually transitioning UBC whenever we can back to in-person and what that might look like. Well, that's a great question. Uh, it's not my plans. It's, uh, it's a very complicated situation, as, as you can imagine. UBC is a, a massive organization. It's on it's in two geographical areas in BC. Um, and so this is something that requires a lot of consultation, um, not only within the university, but with the provincial government. Uh, we're in regular contact uh, with the Ministry of Advanced Education that oversees the whole sector. We're in regular conversation with the Ministry of Health. Um, we are in regular conversation with the health authorities because they provide, up until now, uh, pretty much all of the testing and tracing um, and these levels, these entities will be uh, critical in actually rolling out the vaccine uh, program. So uh, our plans uh, have to be made in, 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 in concert with them uh, and we're aligned with them. But we also have to think about what's happening locally um, in terms of physical distancing in the classrooms. We have to think about, um, you know, how many people can actually uh, walk past each other in a hallway and, and so we're, we're monitoring all of this information on a regular basis. And we try to communicate it to you uh, in my weekly videos. So, uh, but to answer your question, uh, the most recent uh, uh, meetings that we've been in, um, most recently with Dr. Bonnie Henry, uh, give us uh, hope that uh, we will be able to open up in September, at least partially face-to-face, -face, and if safe, uh, hopefully uh, largely face-to-face. -face. It's a little bit too early to, to tell, it depends upon what happens between now and then. It really depends upon our following those rules, those public health guidelines. So the, the, the more we stick, stick together and uh, obey those rules, the more likely it is that we can be face-to-face -face in September. I think that is very nice to hear. <laughs> I think that's sort of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel for a lot of people. And that gives me a, a bit of hope and I would love to go back to in-person. As soon it's as an possible. incredible amount of work. Um, the yeah. uh, huge number of people have been working on this. And just to give you an idea, a couple hundred pages uh, have been uh, um, devised or written in terms of our, our thinking through the plan um, to tremendous detail. Um, that happened uh, during the course of the entire pandemic as we thought about different buildings and how to resume research. But uh, we have some of our very best people, both here at UBC and elsewhere, really coming together and converging to think through how we can do this uh, with safety being our very top priority. Mm -hmm. That is really incredible to see so much going on at the university and, and planning those kind of really difficult logistical challenges. Um, it must be very difficult. And there's a lot of different difficult demands that your job must have. And you know, when you're doing all these, you're executing these really complex plans, 
you know, people must think quite often that, oh, that was a mistake, you know, there's been an issue. Um, and I feel like often a lot of the times when students are frustrated, that blame might go right to the top and they say, or, and that, that blame might go right to you, unfortunately. And so my question now from another UBC student is, um, you know, what is it like to work for change, even when it's difficult for you to individually make a change? And how do you deal with the recurring critiques that kind of come around things like COVID-19 and resonances when there is a perceived mistake or things didn't go exactly to plan? Yeah, you know, that comes with the territory. So, um, you know, whether you're a politician um, at whatever level or whether you run a public university, it comes with the territory. So, um, you know, it doesn't really bother me. I've been a president for about a decade now uh, at two different mm -hmm. institutions. So um, I've experienced uh, much of this. And it, as I said, it comes uh, with the responsibility. And, and it's, it, I think it's appropriate for people to be critical of individuals that, that have been put into positions to serve. Um, criticism uh, is good because it keeps people accountable. Uh, criticism is good because it helps uh, force uh, an individual or a team to make better decisions. And so I think that uh, that's part of academic freedom. And I think that whether you're a faculty member, staff member, student, um, that it's perfectly appropriate for difficult questions to be asked. Um, because much is expected of us. So um, certainly uh, um, it's a lot um, more fun and uh, m much easier to take when, when something isn't a criticism, but criticism is I think part of um, making better decisions, part of, um, of being accountable. Um, and I think um, it's, uh, um, it's, it's perfectly appropriate. Um, in terms of, of how we've done, um, certainly, we can always do things better, but uh, I'm in contact with uh, my uh, peers at, press, uh, at universities around the world. And I can tell you, just to give you a comparator, if you look at all of British Columbia, if you look at the entire post-secondary system, we have about 350,000 students, um, many of them, the largest university in the, in the system is UBC. Um, and so if you look at a school about our size, um, for example, Ohio State is around 66,000 students, which is about the same size as UBC. Um, the whole system of, uh, of, of in British Columbia post-secondary has less than 50 uh, cases of COVID during this entire pandemic. If you look at a school like Ohio State, there's several thousand cases on a single campus. And so things aren't perfect here. But when I, I was just speaking earlier today to someone who, who represents all the public universities in the US and they were shocked that uh, the whole British Columbia university system has less than 50 cases when a single institution, there's a university in the States uh, with about 8,000 students that has almost 2,000 cases. Uh, we have less than 50 for a system of 350,000 students. That's pretty good. That is, that is pretty good for sure. I had no idea that the stats were like that. I think that, you know, it, we look at students going out and sometimes breaking guidelines, but it is really great to see that on the whole, that our, our students are, are working really hard to, to keep each other safe and keep themselves and their families safe. So that is really, really nice to see. Um, I, just to follow up on this question really briefly as well, um, you know, we talked about how critique is important and how criticism, uh, it's good to be critical uh, in a respectful way of, of people making decisions and who are serving the public. But I was wondering like, on a personal level, how do you deal with that? Um, you know, maybe you get a particularly harsh comment from a student somewhere. Um, how, do you, how do you deal with that on, on your own to make sure that it doesn't kind of get you down in the long term? I mean, you got to take it with, in, with perspective, you know, you have to, you have to hear the criticism, you have to adjust. And uh, if, if you really 
uh, have made an error in judgment, you have to take it to heart and, and come back the next day and try to incorporate it into making a better decision. So now, like I said, I've been a president for about a decade. So this is something that I've been experiencing, experiencing for some, some time. So it, it really doesn't uh, bother me usually. So That's great to hear. I know it can be difficult to take that criticism sometimes, but it sounds like maybe something can, that can be uh, developed over time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I could also imagine that it would be difficult just because, especially with COVID-19, things change just on a daily basis. Sometimes it seems like, and just like you said, just rolling with the punches is very good to hear. Um, I think we can move on to some lighter questions now. We had a student submit a question asking what your favorite thing is about being UBC's president and vice chancellor. Well, the very favorite thing for me is really interacting with students. Um, We have great faculty, we have great staff, but um, I think as an institution, we exist uh, from the very founding of the university for the students. There was a great trek where students really wanted to have a university here in BC, and it took a long time for UBC to actually um, be built. And it was because students got together and and went on a great trek uh, to Point Grey uh, that uh, UBC uh, was, was, was created. And um, students' uh, energy, enthusiasm, passion is what really is the spark to this university. It gets me up every morning and uh, talking to students about what they're learning, about the projects they're involved in, uh, really is the most exciting and fulfilling part of my job. And I think that's true for most faculty and staff at the uh, institution as well. So it's an easy answer to students. <laughs> That's nice to hear, considering you're talking to Will and I, two students right now. That's, that's nice to hear. Um, a follow-up question with that as well. How are you still doing that even in a, a virtual space? Because even I personally find it hard to connect to my fellow students. So that was something I was wondering. Well, I wish I could uh, meet with students. Uh, usually um, this house, Norman McKenzie House, is a place where students come regularly. I wanted to have a student alumni council over to the house, as you know, but right now it's forbidden. And so um, the honest ans- answer is, is uh, I'm in the same boat that you are. Uh, I, I Zoom all the time. I Zoom with large groups of students. Um, it's not ideal, but it's really the best that we can do at this time. So I can't wait for the pandemic to, to be over and for us to be together again. I can't wait to go to to events and, and watch students uh, date a longboat and, and storm the wall and, and to, to cheer for, for, for our, our, our athletes who are, who are outstanding and they've really been affected because they really can't play their games. And so I can't wait for that. Um, like you right now, what we're doing is uh, trying to, to co- connect with as many students as possible through Zoom. And so that's why I'm so grateful to the Student Alumni Council for making this uh, possible. Thank you. Wonderful. I know you, you've dropped into a couple student alumni council meetings, I think, and it's really great to see you there. Uh, I know that the student alumni council is kind of something that you're really passionate about starting at the university. And so it's great to see you in those meetings. And trust me, everybody on the council is grateful that we get the opportunity to, uh, to be there as well. Um, but here's a fitting question, uh, considering the name of this podcast, actually. You know, the okay. UBC motto is to a mess. And I was wondering, what does to a mess mean to you personally? Well, I tried to talk about this at um, 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 in the very beginning of, 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 of term, and also I try to talk about it at graduation as well because I think it's really important, and I'm I'm really glad that you called this podcast to a mess because 
I think it's something that differentiates this university from many. And if you think about the double entendre of two MS, um, part of it is it's yours, right? And so you can say this education, this campus, the two campuses, um, your degree eventually, those are yours. And so that's one definition of 2MS. But the, the other definition which really resonates with me is it's up to you. And, um, you know, uh, every student at UBC um, and every faculty member working here and staff member, we're very fortunate to be at one of the world's great universities. I feel fortunate uh, to be at UBC. And um, as a student, your years here, whether it's uh, four years or five years or 10 years, if you get multiple degrees, are very formative years. Um, and, um, you know, the part of 2MS that, that resonates with me is uh, everyone understanding that um, this time is precious. It's meant to be transformative. You're meant to change. You're meant to be a very different person than you, you are when you step on to either the Okanagan or Vancouver campus. So that's what resonates with me about 2MS. It's up to you to obviously study hard. It's up to you to, to master a subject. It's up to you to grow as a person. It's up to you to make friends that will be with you for the rest of your life. And so that's the, the 2MS that resonates with me. And it's not just something that's accidental. We all make choices every day about um, who we interact with, uh, how we spend our extracurricular time, uh, what causes and clubs to be part of. And so that's, that's what resonates with me. 2MS means it's up to you to mold yourself, to put, you, put yourself in situations that will make you um, a better person. And, and in doing so, uh, make a positive contribution to not only this university, but to the province and to the world. So that's what uh, 2MS means to me. It's, it's, it's up to you. That's very wonderful. I, I appreciate that. Um... And I'm actually running a little bit ahead of schedule here. So if we have time, we're just going to throw in a couple extra questions that uh, some UBC students have asked. Um, so one of them actually was, I'm just pulling it up really quickly here. Uh, what was a meaningful experience for you during your university, uh, during your time as a student at university that's kind of transformed uh, you and helped you deal with the things that have come your way in life? Well, you know, there are many different things that have had an impact on me, uh, especially during my uh, university years. I went to the University of Chicago and, um, you know, comparatively speaking, I hope they're not watching, but UBC is, is, a, is, is a much more well-rounded undergraduate experience. Um, mm -hmm. You might have heard if, if, if anybody watching consider University of Chicago, it's, it, there's this kind of saying that's it's where fun goes to die. So a lot of the <laughs> no. wonderful student activities that you have at, 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 at UBC, uh, all these traditions, um, like uh, like the snowball fight or, or day of the long boat or storm the wall, things like that. Um, when I was an a, a undergraduate student at University of Chicago, we didn't have much of that. We might've had one event during the whole year. And so, um, but nevertheless, even with that kind of experience, it was a great education. Uh, it was still transformative in, 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 in my life. And I'll talk to answer a question about uh, a couple of experiences. Um, one thing is that I had, I was involved in the residence hall association. So there, there's residence hall governance and as there is here at UBC. And that kind of experience was really helpful for me in understanding, getting to understand what a university is, um, getting to understand um, how university works and how to work with administrators to, to you know, hopefully 
change the university for the better. So when I see student leaders, um, such as yourselves or uh, individuals that are in a faculty senate or that are, that, uh, are representing uh, the faculty in, in the senate or who are involved as governors, um, student leaders of organizations, uh, it may not be apparent, but those are gonna be experiences that are transformative. Um, and so if I look back at my undergraduate years, the fact that I was involved in the Residence Hall Association, uh, the fact that I was involved in undergraduate research, um, those helped define who, who, I, who I had have become. You know, I, I took those undergraduate research experiences and went to graduate school and eventually became a, a scientist with my own laboratory. And all, all that happened because uh, I decided to take advantage of the fact that there were some great research laboratories at the university. And I volunteered first to, to wash test tubes in, in that lab and eventually to, to work on the project. So when I see students, uh, UBC students getting involved in undergraduate research, when I see students really asking tough questions and, and uh, really uh, working in the Senate or as a member of the Board of Governors and, and, and really uh, shaping what this institution is today, um, I have utmost respect. But I'm also happy for student leaders for being involved because that's going to really help you grow um, and really be kind of a, a um, anchor, anchor point to what you're going to do in, in, in the future. So that was a long, a long answer to a short question, but, uh, but hopefully that's, that, that resonates with, with, with you as student leaders and other people who might be listening. No, it absolutely does. And I can't help noticing about your residence hall um, association uh, story that, you know, you worked at, with uh, other students to, you know, better the experience of, of people living at your university. And now you're doing that on a much bigger scale. And so, you know, seeing that kind of carry forward from just doing it in the residence hall to doing it for universities as a whole is, I, I feel like there might be a connection there, perhaps. <laughs> I think so. You know, when I actually, I, I, you know, I've been an administrator for um, almost two and a half decades. And I can tell you that I've seen a lot of students over the years and a lot of students who are involved in, for example, the Student Alumni Council or residence halls or in the Senate, a lot of them actually end up uh, remaining in universities for the rest of their life. Some of them become professors, some of them become um, deans, some of them become presidents. And so uh, your predecessors that I've interacted with over the past couple of decades um, have really all gone on and many of them have stayed in the system and I think that they were, they were bitten by the bug, if you will, when they were students being student leaders. And so I encourage students that uh, care about and love the university experience and really want to make it better to remain associated with an institution, maybe UBC. That's wonderful. A really great way to pay it forward, I think. Um, I think Olivia might have one more question for you, if time permits. Sure. Yeah. Or two more, actually. <laughs> Uh, sure. <laughs> um, you were mentioning some UBC traditions we have, like Storm the Wall and Day of the Longboat. And a question we got from a UBC student was, what event tradition or activity are you most excited for when we return or can return in person? And uh, like what your favorite event is at UBC? Well, I was told by Cavi Tour, who's the head of uh, athletics and recreation, but I'm the very first president to ever attempt storm the wall. And I gotta tell you, I'm, I'm nearing 60 years old. And so I gotta tell you that getting over that wall at my age is not easy. <laughs> it was kind of scary. Uh, 
So uh, I still look forward to it. I don't know how many more years I can do it because I'm slowing down a little bit. Um, but uh, I love Storm the Wall. I love seeing students cheer for other students as they go over the wall. Uh, full disclosure, I haven't done the whole thing. I don't think a lot of students actually do every leg of it. Uh, I don't think I'd survive that. So I usually do one leg and I do the wall. And so I am looking forward to that. Uh, maybe I can do it a couple more times, but uh, um, it, it's a thrill, uh, as you know. I hope you, you guys have done it. Have you, have you both done Storm the Wall? I have. Oh, no, this is it. <laughs> I have not got it. it. So uh, maybe I'll see you next to me on the wall when we come back in person. <laughs> yeah, you, you guys have got to do it because uh, it's, it's a memory that will stay with you for the rest of your life. So maybe we could be teammates. We could all work. <laughs> well, I, I would not be a very good teammate. You, you, should, you should pick somebody that's younger than I to be on your team. <laughs> you have experience. I, I haven't done it yet. So, okay. Well, we should talk. <laughs> um, so, we're finishing up now. Um, I just wanted to ask you one last question before we close the event. Is there anything that you'd like to share with our student audience and any final word that you would like any listeners to maybe take away from the questions we've asked you today? Absolutely. I'd like to focus on the Student Alumni Council. And if, if you just give me a few minutes, I'm going to talk about what the Student Alumni Council is and why it's an incredible opportunity um, to, to be part of as a student and why it's so important for what I wanna see happen at the university. And we talked about students and how the time at the university at UBC is meant to be transformative. Um, you also know um, that there are now almost 400,000 amazing alumni around the world that have preceded you. And they have a lot to give to current students. And so the Student Alumni Council has a number of very, I think, uh, important contributions to make to the student experience here. First, you may know that they created an amazing book called the Blue and Gold Book. And all first year students received that. And, and the rationale there is for every student that comes to UBC to get some, sort of like a, a UBC 101, 101 education about the traditions, about the history, about what's cool about UBC. So that's a huge contribution. It's a gift uh, from current students to new students. And I hope that that continues forever. The other um, aspect of being part of the Student Alumni Council is that if you're part of that group, uh, and it's pretty competitive to get into that group now I hear, um, you get a chance to um, help structure this relationship between students on campus and alumni who are out there. And, and as you can see, if you follow the Instagram posts from SAC, that um, they're already doing that. They're already thinking about how to connect alumni to students. And I want everyone to consider being a member of the Student Alumni Council. And second, uh, when the Student Alumni Council uh, creates these uh, events, these opportunities for engagement between students and alumni, to take advantage of it because there's so much that you can learn from those who have gone before you. Um, in addition to understanding their lived experience, many of them can serve as mentors to current students when you're looking for a job, when you're thinking about different career options, when you're thinking about graduate school, alumni are a tremendous uh, resource. And it goes both ways. I can tell you when I talk to alumni around the world and ask them, what do you wanna do? for UBC, 
the number one answer is that they want to connect with current students. They want to help current students. And for those of you who are watching, you may not know that when I asked alumni to give back to the institution, um, one of the biggest passions was to provide philanthropic support to the university so we could support you with new scholarships. The blue and gold scholarships are very popular and we're verging on $200 million in new scholarships because alumni want to directly support you as current students. So think about the Student Alumni Council. I would say probably one of the biggest joys, if not the biggest joy of my time at UBC has been to see the Student Alumni Council stand up. It's got great leadership. It's got a great group of students. And I hope that um, in future years, um, equally awesome students will become part of this Student Alumni Council. So that's the last thing I want to say. That is awesome. Thank you so much. It felt felt great to have our group hyped up like that. And I can tell you, like being a part of it has been such a wonderful experience for everybody who's a who's a part of the council right now. It has been so amazing. And you were saying a lot about mentorship and the great benefits that can come from connecting with alumni. And I can personally say, like, I've been able to collect connect with alumni mentor through the student alumni council. I've developed a really, really really lovely relationship with him. Uh, we chat fairly frequently. Um, we're talking about you know, job opportunities and all this great stuff and I'm learning so much from him. And so, you know, if even if the Student Alumni Council can help, you know, a couple students like that, we're doing it. It's great work and it's such a fulfilling experience to be a part of it. And you get to meet each other, right? And the students exactly. that are, part of it are amazing. So anyway, thank you so much for this opportunity and thanks to everyone for watching this podcast and I look forward to future opportunities to interact with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Professor Ono. We really appreciate it uh, for you joining us today. And thank you to all of our viewers, the UBC students, alumni, and friends for joining us for this really important discussion. Be sure to follow the UBC Vancouver Student Alumni Council on social media and stay tuned for all our further activities. We wish everyone well in this time of uncertainty. Be safe, stay healthy, and have a great rest of your day. Bye. Thank you.